Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There you can find out more information about who we are and where we're headed as a church. Once again, thanks for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. A few years ago, God revealed to me personally and just my walk with him a truth about faith. And it came out of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. I want you to look at this verse of scripture on the screen. It says, so faith comes from, say it out loud, hearing. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. That means in order for it to be faith, faith is my response to having heard God speak into my life. Now, it doesn't mean that when I hear from the Lord, I hear everything about where he's leading me, but here's what it does mean. When I hear from the Lord, he shows me enough that I can respond in faith and take the next step, the very next step on whatever that journey is. That's what faith is. Faith is my responding to God speaking into my life. Here's what that means. Faith demands intimacy with God. In order to walk by faith, I must be someone that hears clearly the voice of God speaking into my life. That means this, faith is not so much about what I don't know. A lot of times people think that's what faith is. It's uncertainty. It's stepping out into a darkness filled with uncertainty, and we call that faith. Well, I'm not really sure, so I'm stepping out in faith. Well, I don't know, so I'm going to just have faith. No, faith is not so much about what I don't know. Faith is about who I do know and what he is revealing and speaking into my life. Faith is my responding in trust to what the Lord, by His Spirit, is making known in my life. As a family of faith, we are on a journey of faith. We have really, for the last 21 days, asked you to seek the Lord to intimately pursue him. We've we've written devotions. We've given prayer guides. We've had gatherings where we've just, our goal has been to allow us all to hear God clearly. Why is that? Because what we're in the middle of is a journey of faith. We're all taking a step of faith, but faith demands that we hear first from the Lord. We need God to speak into our lives, and then we respond to what he's saying, where he's leading in faith. We've been asking you to seek the Lord about your personal investment involvement in what we're simply calling next, hope for generations to come. 
We've been unpacking it. We don't have to unpack it again for you. It's just these three simple phrases. Next step. It's this next step of responding to God's activity by expanding our facilities. The next chapter, Las Vegas, the West, and the world. What we believe God's going to fuel through this next step over the next 10 to 15 years and the next generation. It's God's activity that is bigger than our lifetime. That's the generations to come are going to run in the trails that we've blazed. We've been, we've been laying that out and it's led toward today, believing that God's going to provide for his people through his people as we respond to him in faith. And as we bring this to a close today and we prepare at the end of this to make our pledges before the Lord as an act of faith, as I was on this 21-day journey with you, one particular day, something that I had read in either a little devotional guide or book directed me to a passage of Scripture in the book of Ephesians. And I said, man, that's where we need to focus on the last morning. Ephesians chapter 3, if you have your Bible open there to Ephesians chapter 3, and I want to read two verses of Scripture. And out of these two verses of Scripture, I want to establish for us today three reminders about what God is doing at hope as we take this next step together. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us to him say that out loud to him say it again to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Out of these simple verses, I want to give you three reminders this morning as we take this next step together. And here's the first one. It's what he's doing. It's what he's doing. As we talk about a $9.5 million step, uh, as we talk about this next chapter of Las Vegas, the West, and the world, as we talk about the generations to come, I want us to remember very clearly, it is not what we are doing for God, it is what God is doing in and through us. And I have good news for us today, our God is able, he's able. As transparent and as honest as I can be before you this morning, when I look at what we've rolled out over these last four weekends and think about this financial goal, I think about these initiatives and objectives over the next 10 to 15 years, and I begin to think about the next generation. I'm watching my daughter lead that last song before I came up here, and it's undeniable now. She's got that little pooch, you know, that baby is coming in July. And I'm sitting over here watching her sing, and I'm just thinking, man, these initiatives we've laid out, when we're looking back 
on these. That little baby that's in her womb right now is going to be 15, 16, 17 years old and is going to be watching God's activity and potentially be one of those that God's raised up to send out to accomplish his mission. Well, when I think about the vastness and the bigness and the scope of what we believe we've heard from God, and, and, and I think about my ability as a leader, I want to crawl in a hole and say, there's no way this is going to happen. When I think about the vastness and the scope and the magnitude, and I look at the skills and abilities and gifts of our pastoral team and our staff team here at Hope, I got to be honest, I go, there's no way. When I think about the enormity of what God has spoken into our fellowship, and then Sometimes I've been talking about it so much this weekend. I spoke in Dallas, Texas at a conference and was telling some people what we've been sharing with our church. And the look on their faces just reminded me, this is crazy. <laughs> they were like, well, we're just planning our series for the next month at church. <laughs> it, and when I look at our church and I think about the size of our church or the gifts and abilities and resources in our church. And I look and flip back through that magazine. I go, there's no way. Now to him who is able. If we look to ourselves This is impossible. But as we look to him, he is able. I was deeply impacted in my life walking through a study called Experiencing God by a man named Henry Blackaby. If you've never been through Experiencing God, I I would put it at the top of your to-do list. We offer it three or four times a year here at Hope through the Life Center. It is a life changing walk through God's word called experiencing God. In that study that I've been through a couple of times in my life, he teaches us that we are simply to watch for God's activity around us. And when we see God at work around us, that is his invitation for us to get in on it. Here's a quote from Henry Blackaby. Look what he says here on the screen. He said, when you recognize where God is working, You can join him in what, get this, he is doing. Then you will experience God doing through you what only he can do. We've rolled out a lot of initiatives over the last four weekends. We've talked about expanding facilities. We've talked about engaging in foster care and and, and rescuing people out of human trafficking and impacting the educational domain. We've talked about planting churches, over 300 of them up and down the West Coast and reaching 1% of the population. We've talked about going around the world and engaging unreached people groups with the gospel. And, And you might look at all that and go, man, where did all that come from? Are those just ideas that we came up with in an office somewhere 
But the reality is for the last 15 to 18 months, our pastors, our stewardship team, our staff team, and our key volunteers have been watching for the activity of God among us. We've been looking to see kingdom needs and initiatives in our city and how God shaped and wired and gifted us as a fellowship to come together and meet some of these strategic needs in our city, in the West, and in the world. And what we really believe we've done is we've identified God at work in Hope Church. And we are now leveraging our resources, our abilities, our gifts, our philosophy, our strategy. We're leveraging all of that to join in what we see God doing in and through our fellowship. And here's what Paul reminds us. When it's what he's doing, he is able. He's able. Paul tells us this in a profound way. This verse of Scripture is like piling on and piling on and piling. Look at it. He said, now to him who is able. I want to break this statement down for you in four or five little statements. Here's the first one. Look at it. Say this out loud. Our God is able. That's how the verse opens. Now to him who is able. It's a state of being verb. Here's what that means. It's describing the constant reality of who God is. It's not that sometimes he is able. It's always he is able. It's who God is. It speaks to someone who always is sufficient to meet every need. Here's what that means. In every situation in your life, in every circumstance, every opportunity, every difficulty, every experience, God is always able. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're walking through. Maybe it's something in a relationship that is broken and falling apart and looks hopeless. Maybe it's something with your job. Maybe it's something with your finances. Maybe it's a wayward child that has broken your heart. Maybe it's something in your employment. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know how dark the darkness is around you, but here's what I want to say to you today. Our God is able. It is a constant reality of who he is. He never takes a day off. He never goes on vacation. He never needs a weekend away. Our God is always able. He's able. Isaiah writes about the ability of God. There was Isaiah the prophet one day was walking with the children of Israel and they were going through a difficult season and he reminds them about the ability of God. Look what he says. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their hosts by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Get this. Not one of them is missing. That's how able our God is. You know how able God is. Just go out tonight when it gets dark and just look up. Just look at the stars in the sky. And if you really want to feel small, just start counting them. One, two, 
You're going to be there for a minute. Let me just. The vastness of the universe that exists. It's enormous. If you were going to travel to just the first star, just the first one. Scientists tell us there are millions and millions and millions of stars in our galaxy, and then there are galaxies on top of God. If you're just going to travel to the first one, just the first one, and you were going to travel 150,000 miles per hour, it's the fastest thing we've ever sent into outer space, Helios 2, an unmanned aircraft, spinning a space at 150,000 miles per hour. You know how long it would take you to get to star number one? 18,000 years. One. Eighteen thousand years from now. Get ready. One. Where'd all that come from? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Our God is able. He's able. Let me give you the second part of this. Our God is able. Say this. Our God is able to do. (laughs) Did you hear it? The verse said, now to him who is able to do. It's one thing to have all that ability and power. It's something else to use it. Now to him who is able to do. That little word to do, that little phrase in the Greek language means to carry out or perform an action. It's not simply that our God is powerful. Get this. He does powerful things on behalf of his people. When you read this book, when you read the Bible, you discover all of these ways that God has powerfully worked on behalf of his people. God provided, God created everything that we can see, taste, touch, feel, or smell. God parted the Red Sea and allowed his people to walk through it on dry ground. And then he drowned an entire army that was chasing them. Some people say, well, yeah, the Red Sea is only two or three feet deep. It's no big miracle that they parted it. Well, what's a bigger miracle? That they walked across on dry land or that he drowned an entire army in three feet of water? However you want to slice it, it's a pretty radical miracle. It's our God moving powerfully on behalf of his people. Our God shut the mouths of lions. Our God raised Lazarus from the dead. He's not just able, he's able to do. And let me tell you the greatest thing he ever did. God became a man. God took on humanity. He clothed himself as a human being. He lived a sinless life. He offered that body on a cross and he took all of you your sin and all of my sin and he died on a cross for our sin but he didn't stay dead God defeated death hell and the grave and he rose again so that you and I could be forgiven and be saved our God is able to do but Paul just kept piling on look at it next I, let's read it out loud let's put the next. 
Our God, let's read it, our God is able to do far more abundantly. What? This is a word that is only used three times in the entire Bible. It is, according to Greek scholars, the highest form of comparison imaginable. It took two words and stuck them together. The first word is the word that meant above or beyond. The other word is a word that means abundantly or infinitely more. You stick it together, and in English, it's best translated as super abundantly. I love the way Martin Lloyd-Jones writes about this word. Look what he said. Our greatest superlatives do not describe the power of God. Add one to another, multiply them, and then add them together and multiply again and go on doing so, and you still have not succeeded in describing it. We don't have enough adjectives in our vocabulary. There aren't enough superlatives in the English language to describe the abundant, exceeding ability of God to move on our behalf. But Paul wasn't finished with that. Look at the next part. Let's read it. Our God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask. Beyond all that we ask. Here's what that means. This God who is able. This God who's able to do. This God who's able to do infinitely more has said to you and I, as his children, just ask me. Just ask me. And here's what he said. Whatever you ask, I can do more. The word ask is a word that means to address with a question with an answer being expected. We have the privilege in Jesus to ask the one who is super abundantly able to do anything we want to ask him. I love the way, again, look what Martin Lloyd-Jones says. He says, bring your most daring petitions. Bring your most impossible requests. Add others to them. Matter of fact, let the whole church join together in their wildest desires and demands. There is no danger of exceeding the limit. His power is beyond all that we can ever ask. John Newton wrote a great hymn called Amazing Grace. We sing it often. He wrote another hymn. Here's the lyrics. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such that none can ever ask too much. But Paul wasn't even done with that. There's one more part of this. Look at it. Let's read it. Let's read it. Our God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or. 
The word think is a word that means in the Greek language to imagine. To form a mental image of something that is not present. (laughs) You know that stuff that you just even afraid to ask him? Because it just seems too wild, too crazy, too big, too... You know what he said? I'm bigger than your wildest imagination. The Amplified Bible says, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Here's the point. Everything about what's next for us as a church rises and falls on the almighty, unlimited power of God, and He is able. Even when it comes down to what we're going to do here in just a moment with this offering, nine and a half million dollars we're asking God to provide. This, over the last couple of weeks, as people have been Praying and seeking the Lord. I told you people have been sending me some emails and things about what God's been speaking into their lives. I got one email from uh, our sister Gloria. She's sitting right over here. And she sent me an email and she said, Pastor, I got to share this verse with you that God used to speak into my life. And it's a verse in 1 Chronicles 29 where the people of Israel had given a large sacrificial offering to build the temple in the Old Testament. And David was so blown away by their generosity. And he responds with this. Listen to what he said. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the... Now, let me get this. The people had just given. And he didn't say, hey, you people are awesome. He starts with, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, every that is in the heavens and the earth. Yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Then he said this, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this for all things come from you and from your hand we have given you. Here's what that means. Even when we come today and give, it's all him. It's all him. Because we're only giving that which he's given to us. It's all him. So as we do this, as we take this step, listen, it's what he's doing. But here's the second thing. It's what he's doing through us. Look back at the verse. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. According to the power that works within us. How about that? This super abundant ability of God is working in and through us. Now, don't don't, don't misunderstand me. God doesn't need us. 
God doesn't need us. Amen? It's a good place to say amen. God doesn't need us. But let me show you a statement. God in his sovereignty has chosen to accomplish his mission through his church as they give, pray, love, serve, and go. God doesn't need us. But God in his sovereignty, God in his sovereignty has chosen to accomplish his mission through his church as they give, pray, love, serve, and go. Now, when we give, we give out of what he's given to us. As we pray, we are allowing him to align our hearts with his. When we love, it's him pouring out his love through us. When we serve, it's him serving through us. When we go, it's him commissioning us and going through us. It's all what he's doing, but God in his infinite sovereignty has chosen to accomplish his mission through us. Some of my favorite verses, my life verses are out of Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, 29. Listen to what he said. Paul writes and he says, we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose, I labor. Paul says, I'm laboring. But look what he said next, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So here's the thing. As we take this step today, it's what he's doing. But it's what he's doing through us. Here's the last statement. What he does through us is not just about us. It's bigger than us. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think according to his power which works within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations. To all generations. It's what he's doing through us, but it's bigger than us. You see, as we join in God's activity today by faith in what's next at Hope Church, first and foremost, it's about the glory of God. Listen, it doesn't matter if anybody ever knows our name here at Hope Church. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is that they know his name. Amen? It's not about our church's reputation. It's not about I, It's about the glory and honor of of God. It's about God's glory being made known in Las Vegas. It's about God's glory being made known in the West. It's about God's glory being made known among the peoples of the earth. Here's the reality. Our God is worthy of being worshipped. He's worthy of being worshipped. It's about his glory. But here's the other thing. It's bigger than us. It's about his glory. But it's also about the generations to come. That's the way Paul closes this. To all generations forever and ever. Amen. We said from the beginning of this journey that what we've realized at Hope is it's not just bigger than our church and it's not just bigger than our city. It's not just bigger than our country. We said it's bigger than our lifetime. Paul said to him who's able to do beyond anything we could ever ask or think. He's doing it through us. But it's so much bigger than us. It's for the glory of God 
and for the generations to come. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Lord, as we prepare to take this step of faith together as a fellowship, God, I pray now that you would use this for your glory. God, I pray that you would use this for the generations to come. I want you to look this way for just a moment. Our worship team's moving in place. Let me tell you what we're about to do. We're about to have a moment where we worship God through sacrificial generosity our team is going to lead us in a song of worship and you'll notice that all along the front here are these silver giving stations they're all the same when we stand in a moment begin to sing it's a moment for us to respond but not just (coughs) to a sermon we've heard today to respond to a journey that we've been on for a month together as a church, hearing God speak. So we're going to stand in just a moment. And there are all these giving stations. And here's what I want to invite you to do. As you've heard from the Lord, when you came in this morning, if you had not already filled out your pledge card and put it in the envelope with your initial offering, there was one available for you there in your seat. If you've not done that yet, When we start singing in just a moment, you can take a moment and fill out your card first. And then either right then or after you come and place that here in one of these giving stations. I want to invite you, if you're doing this as an individual or as a family, to just take a moment, maybe before you come, and just say a word of prayer. Maybe you even hold it and you just say, God, this is is yours. This is what you've entrusted to us. And God, I joyfully am ready to sacrifice and invest it in what you're doing. And then as this song plays, whenever you feel led, I want you to begin to come. And we've, we've made more space available here at the front today uh, for you to be able to come. And you just drop in one of these giving stations, your pledge envelope. Then you make your way back to your seat. While we're doing this, at the end of the aisles where the poles are here in the building, I knew those would come in handy one day. Amen. Where the poles are, we have a pastor standing near one of those poles. If, during this time of response, you also would like to pray with a pastor, maybe you're here and you're, you're, you've never been to church before. You're not a Christian and you want to give your life to Christ today. When others are coming <laughs> to make a pledge, you go to one of you two pastors right there. Raise your hand so they know who you are. They're there. Everybody look at them. Make them feel awkward. That's them right there. If you, if you don't know Christ, you make your way to one of those pastors and you say, Hey, I need Jesus. And they'll have somebody sit down with you and open a Bible and show you how you can begin a relationship with Jesus. Or if you're facing something and you just need to pray with a pastor today, that's why they're there. So come, make your pledge offering, go back to your seat, or you can go pray with one of these pastors. So if you understand what we're about to do, say amen. All right, I'm going to ask my wife to come and join me here. And 
We're going to, in just a moment, just like you as a couple, we're going to, with joy, make our pledge together with you as a family of faith. Take this step with you. So I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer, then we're going to stand. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come and get in place, and we'll be ready to, to worship God together in song. So you'll come, you'll make your pledge, then you'll make your way back to your seat, because we're going to pray, we're going to pledge, and then we're going to praise. We're going to praise God together. We're going to praise Him for what He's going to do in and through our fellowship. And then... When we've all had an opportunity to do this, I'll step back up and I'm going to pray over us as a fellowship before we dismiss. So let's pray together. Father, as we worship you in this moment, would you have your way? God, we trust you to provide for us, through us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.